0: Hi, everybody. Um, Welcome back to NIMFED Alumni. We have another emergency roundtable or mini-sode prepared for you guys. Um, Somewhat prepared. I think we're going to ad-lib a lot of this, but um, (laughs) we we just wanted to give you all our fresh uh, responses to this year's New York
1: Fashion Week.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, the date is Sunday, September 18th, so that's like how... um, fresh we are off the heels of the events of the past I guess like week and a half I don't know
0: yeah like 11 days (laughs) it's 11 days right
1: yeah first suggestion make it a real week (laughs) yeah I agreed it needs to start on Monday yeah it started on Wednesday or something
0: yeah it confused me um I don't know who's in charge of scheduling this because it doesn't seem like anyone is right Alexi go ahead and give us some context
2: yeah
1: (laughs) I was doing some research because I was just like, why is New York Fashion Week so different from Paris Fashion Week? And Paris Fashion Week is like attached to the Chambre Syndicale, which is like this crazy governing body of couture. But New York Fashion Week is based on this series of events called Press Week, which started in 1943 as like a promotional organization way to draw attention away from French couture during World War II, because I guess we were like not feeling the European vibes But New York Fashion Week is like a brand has been bought and sold a bunch of times. Like it was consolidated by the CFDA and then sold to IMG right before 9-11, which was like kind of a bad move. And then I'm sure we all remember and it was sponsored by Mercedes-Benz. It kind of seemed like Mm -hmm. a fun time. After they dropped out in 2015, Kanye West offered to be the sponsor, but now it's presented by Afterpay, which you guys know like Afterpay (gasps) is my sincerest enemy, and it really like brings out the fact that this is just like an e-commerce like event.
0: That that is extremely tragic and tacky. I think because <clears throat> that's like a fucking. It's like basically like
1: saying like you guys can't afford all of this stuff, so like use Afterpay to buy couture.
0: After Afterpay is like Zoomer version of like payday loan sharks.
1: You know
2: I mean? <laughs> like that's like literally what it is. Like stop. Totally. Wait, Alexi, don't we have an intimate connection to payday loans? Pay pay loans. <laughs> to the history yeah, of
1: payday loans. we yeah, should. We, we should name we'll him out. We'll beep his name out with the dolphin noise. But yeah. um, <laughs> the inventor
2: of loans. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we True. he should sponsor it next. Anyways, yeah, really we'll does. call in a favor and get this changed around. Also, I want to say that another, just kind of like a fun fashion history fact is that New York Fashion Week also didn't exist because the New York fashion industry used to be like a a mess as in there was like no coordination. And this woman named Ruth Finley invented the fashion calendar, which is the basis of New York Fashion Week because before that there was no coordination between designers at all. So it was just super hard to schedule an actual fashion week in the U.S. And this is just a plug because one of my professors at FIT worked on a documentary about Ruth Finley, but that's gonna come out, I think soonish. Um, and she was just a really important lady in developing American fashion in New York Fashion Week.
1: Yeah, the CFDA acquired fashioncalendar.com from her in 2014, which is mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's cute that she was just like a website owner. Uh, <laughs> and they were like, we want your website.
2: She died only in 2018. Um, so she must've been, she was born in, let's see, 1920. So she was really, really old when they bought that from her, like, 90s, wait, like, 92 or
1: something? Something about being born in the 1920s and then, like, making a website, like, that doesn't add up to me.
2: Yeah. I know. I guess we can learn more in the documentary. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned, you guys. Yes. So we're only going to talk about, I think, a handful of shows today because as we started off the the episode by saying, like, it's an 11-day event. There's so many shows. Everyone talks about how hard it is to keep up. So we're just going to talk about a little selection.
1: Yeah, I think, wait, we should continue to talk about the vibes a little bit more. Yeah, Yeah. New York Fashion Week is literally so confusing to me. And I think everyone is a little bit confused this year because it's like a mix of couture houses and more like sales oriented e-commerce or like high street brands. So you literally have brands like Tory Burch and like Alice and Olivia, but then you also have, yeah, the e commerce vibes. but then there are also like the experimental kind of dazed 100 assets core brands like House Lada and Gauntlet Chang. And I don't know, like, you know, the vibe, right?
0: Yeah, there was like a fusion of these brands a little bit this year is like, it really felt like those were the more institutional brands and the institutional brands of, yesteryear or really falling off and doing stuff that was extremely dated and kind of like Mm -hmm. derivative of their own archives or like even derivative of like fast fashion stuff that I've seen which is tragic like horrible but even even so like maybe it's just the circles I'm in but it really did feel like the ones that made the most impact were like Eckhaus Lada, Kalina Strada like just kind of brands that I think emerged from like a certain sect of Instagram
1: they literally are they're from like the opening ceremony diaspora yeah
0: the opening ceremony
1: diaspora yeah yeah but then they're also like boohoo and Kourtney Kardashian had a show which seemed like a real low point for the culture um,
0: oh okay so if someone explained boohoo to me because that also felt like oh that's another thing too is that there's a lot of stuff that felt like a total gag this year like it felt like a prank show you know what I mean like everything Felt like it was coming out of left field. Nothing made a lot of sense to me. Like, even the fact that, like, Kourtney Kardashian is marketing things like Poosh and Boohoo and, like, just weird, weirdly named brands and oddly branded things. It's just like, it feels like everyone's pulling a prank on the general public. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well,
2: Boohoo is a really big fast fashion group. And it does make sense that she would collaborate them if you think about who their market is. But in terms of her, as sustainable collaboration is what's really made people upset because they are a fast fashion company.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, it see. was a little green greenwashing moment. They also own pretty, pretty Little Thing, Nasty Gal and Miss Pap. Sorry, I don't know what that is, but they're kind of like mergers and very, very like mergers and acquisitions pilled in that mm. they own a lot of these like micro-influencery fast fashion companies that make like going out dresses <laughs> and like sparkly... Yes.
0: Okay. Speaking of fast fashion brands that make sparkly dresses and all going out clothing, I really want to talk about briefly the Telfar Rainbow collab, which was crazy. Like when I saw this, I was like so like I loved it. I I thought it was so funny that Telfar like collaborated with Rainbow. Like that was one of the most like random collaborations I've ever seen, and I thought it was really genius. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to like check it out
1: yeah I think it's really cool it reminded me of when Telfar designed White Castle's uniforms and then they had like this Telfar White Castle collab where you could like buy yeah. their outfits I don't know I feel like he really does a good job of like connecting with institutions that you would never expect to see a high fashion collaboration from but it still seems authentic and it doesn't seem like he's like making fun of them or no, not at all. Yeah. Like it's very, I think he does it quite respe- respectfully. Yeah. Cool. I also read, okay, no, I
2: was watching Ryan Fence TikTok the other day, and they said that they're talking specifically about Telfar and how he actually works democratize fashion. They were talking about the iconic White Castle collection that Telfar mm-hmm. did. And then they said that all of the, I think all of the proceeds from that were donated to charity as well oh. from that mm-hmm. that collaboration and so it is like a very circular thing versus yeah. just like profiting off these like quote-unquote working class aesthetics
1: yeah Telfar has like notably really good ethics he's done that thing with his bag drops where to like prevent resellers from botting out all of the sales because it's like a huge thing when he drops new bags but there's a system that like allows people to not hoard them i think so it's like kept the price accessible.
0: He does seem like the only person that can really do a collaboration the right way. Because the thing about, um, I feel like right now, the problem with fashion, well, one of the many problems with fashion is that people take things a little too literally, and they don't know how to execute collaborations co- correctly, or they see that like in culture, there's like a trend of the mixture of highbrow and lowbrow culture, which I think all like great creative endeavors meet somewhere halfway between those two. But, like, no one is able to, like, execute that with any type of skill. And I think Telfar is, like, the only person that's ever been able to do that in the past, like, few years, you know? Mm -hmm. Everything else just does feel like there is, like, a weird attempt of mixing pedestrian fashion with high fashion. But it just lowered some of the more chic aspects of it. But I don't know if you guys want to talk about, like, Vogue World. Because I saw this. (laughs) um for me it felt like CNN the musical like Vogue World it was like extremely (laughs) I didn't know I don't know what that was like that would make me like concerned for Vogue as like an institution
1: yeah we should talk about what that was so Vogue World was this runway presentation extravaganza somewhat like quasi parade flash mob that (laughs) Vogue put together that featured some models and some noddles and some dancers marathon runners marathon runners and it was just kind of a way for them to like combine a lot of I don't know they like styled a lot of pieces from New York Fashion Week designers in this way and just made it like a multimedia very interdisciplinary spectacle featuring some celebrities and familiar faces as well as like random people.
0: Yeah, no, that was um what made me like really concerned. To me, it felt very like recession core and it feels very like um, <laughs> With the Great Depression. Like it felt very much like we were in the Great Depression because I was like, what yes. is them doing like charging $3,000 a ticket to watch this like multi-hyphenate spectacle? Like it really just shows that you cannot make any money or even like break even from any creative industry anymore. And like pretty much any industry, like I feel like nobody can just like have a trade and be a good craftsman and just like live from that you know everyone has to be like a multi-hyphenate in every sense of that word you know like
1: yeah everyone has to be like a trader also like you know Mm -hmm. like why are they trying to like why is vogue of course vogue always sells us stuff through advertisements but now they're literally like an e-commerce website where you can like buy the clothes directly but that's what the internet is all about. It's just, like, hyperlinking to stuff and, like, getting commission from it. But it's just, like, weird to see such a big institution. Like, it just gives in style vibes or some other,
0: like, yeah. random magazine. You know what else, like, really disturbed me? And I sent this to you guys, like, at the beginning of Fashion Week when Vogue did this epic and very disturbing collaboration with a random Botox brand. And, like, this Botox brand, like, hosted one of their parties. And, like, whenever they did, like, write-ups, the, Vogue did, like, a write-up of the party, it just was begun by like this long ass list of side effects of the Botox brand this like FDA approved like (laughs) this and I was like dude this is so dystopian then I started then it led to some like cheeky interview with Julia Fox and I was like dude what is going on right now like
2: it wasn't just any Botox brand it was the Botox brand that Joe Jonas um... came out as collaborating with he's like the, the face of their brand Dude, everyone is broke as hell,
1: dude. Because,
0: like, you should not be. Is so broke. Like, what is going <laughs> the on? The
1: desperation is really in the air. It's kind of, it's scaring me. It was like a Broadway musical. Yeah, it was <laughs> giving, Starcraft. like,
0: yeah, it was giving Hamilton. Like, I don't know why. Like, it was, it was like, yeah, very, it like. it really
1: was. It was also giving me, like, post-9-11 vibes. Like, it reminded me of just, like, seeing a bunch of flags at the UN. Yeah. you know, just in, like, the color oh. palette. And it seemed like it was celebrating culture, but in, like, the most vague, like infomercial way, um, it was also just kind of awkward in scale because it was like a runway show, but the runway was like really wide, so it could accommodate like fake, not fake marathon runners. I actually know one of the runners who was in that; he's <laughs> a real runner. Fake construction workers with bucket drums, and there was some light voguing. It was overall very like seventies themed, which like mm-hmm. wow, real original vogue. Like you're like writing the tail end of this trend, but it was like house music mixed with. Like, they literally played the song Vogue by Madonna. Like, come on.
2: Also, did you guys notice that at the beginning, they're playing, like, an Arthur Russell song? Okay, that actually,
1: <laughs> that actually slayed. I slayed through. so yeah. hard.
2: Like, the fake marathon runners. good, oh, okay, they're real marathon runners. My, okay, but they're running an Arthur <laughs> Russell song past, like, the halal cards. It's, I think it was one of the best yeah. things I've seen in fashion in a while.
1: It was overall kind of, like, the production value was high, but also the fact that like everyone still had their phones out in the front row. And like in the official video, you're seeing everyone with the cameras, like the study cam operators and stuff, like in the middle of the runway. It's like, I don't know. There are these weird fake VHS clips in the official video. And then there are people that are like trailing (laughs) Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner as they're like lip syncing to Lil Nas's performance. Like it was so strange. No,
0: I saw like a TikTok of Lil Nas X's performance like sitting next to like Anna Wintour and it just Anna
1: Wintour and Jared Leto is just,
0: <laughs> right. it was just so so I really like Lil Nas X's music I I listened to it but I I honestly think he's like with peace and love and affection to that man like I think he's the worst dress celebrity that there is right now like he just kind of dresses very random and um there's not no like coherent identity or sense of personal style there and it really felt like Vogue World was like Almost derivative of Lil Nas X is like randomized, like personal style. That's just very like bright and doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um.
1: It's because he's literally a meme rapper. Like, why does no one remember that his first song was like a joke? But then he became this like celebrated like black queer figure. But I think this is what happens when you let a stand become a celebrity because he literally just used to be a Nicki Minaj stand, but he has like none of the charisma of an actual celebrity. Like, he has the vibe to someone who is, like, obsessed with celebrities, you know?
2: Wait, he also, the story behind Old Town Road is that he made a bunch of memes about it and, like, reverse engineered it becoming popular.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: he truly has the the mindset of, like, Stan Twitter.
1: Yeah, it was, like, the trickle-up effect where it went from, yes. like, random teenagers on Twitter to, like, now he's sitting next to Anna Wintour.
0: You know what, like, really disturbs me, though, is just, like, it's really sad that, like, what has happened to the institution of marketing honestly like is everyone just like super confused or overworked like what's going on because like it, it just feels like everyone is sucking the algorithm stick right now like in every sense of the word and like mm-hmm. it feels like everyone is just like feeding off of this like weird byproduct of ads and internet and it feels like the instagram feed is like recreating fashion and then fashion is recreating the instagram feed and it's just like this endless like cycle and it just won't stop until it gets even more randomized and inconsistent
1: yeah I think where the the desperation comes from for me I think that marketing agencies have finally given up because they know that people that are like adept in the internet are aware of like the business model that the internet is run from advertising so there's no point in trying to like hide advertisements or product placement yeah so they've just started like being really self-aware about it and being like okay we are just going to sell you this at like every point
2: yeah I actually um talked to Rory Saturn, I think is her last name at the Wall Street Journal recently about this for it was about like how Kendra Scott has gone really kind of had some organic marketing growth on TikTok because of Bama Rush TikTok and I was thinking about like why do people like Kendra Scott on TikTok so much and it's because they do that thing of like breaking the fourth wall where like the marketing team will make videos about being excited about like uh some bama rush girl posting wearing their earrings and that's all like a lot of brand marketing teams do that now if they want to have
1: that kind of like edge on tiktok yeah it's like we all know yeah yeah i see brands being super desperate just being like just buy our our stuff like they literally just say just buy our stuff like no one really tries to sell you anymore it's very pathological
0: no it is it's like um I, one of the TikToks I saw really blowing up that people kept sending to me this week was like this guy that was like, actually fashion week is fake. And he was just like kind of exposing like the business model of like what modeling is and how a lot of models like don't get paid or actually pay to walk the runway. Like it really just does feel that previously mysterious institutions have been kind of blown open and we need to add this like other layer of complexity in order to like navigate it with any sort of full attention. And it's kind of taking away from any type of craftsmanship in, in in everything, like any creative field. And it is just like, I think everybody does know that like creative fields as a business, like it is just like a giant marketing scheme, right? Like magazines have always been in the ad business, um, but it just feels like, um, I don't know, like something's broken here, like very severely. Um, and it, I feel like it kind of reminded me of, a post I saw by Joanna Owen who was saying how like corporate design is minimalist because everyone is too afraid to anticipate the future and I felt like this really applied to fashion week this week like everyone just kind of either did like something derivative randomized or the sort of like alternative like patchwork chaos is disguising actual creativity art school (laughs) yeah very art school vibes like I think it's just disguising true creativity and like anticipation of the future like
1: no that's a really i I do think that's a really true point like you can tell based on a company's financial standing like their approach to risk taking because a lot of them are just like risk averse and they have like people that actually do like Mm. risk management (laughs) for them oh yeah i guess there was like a celebrity aspect of this fashion week that was very mass bushwick like we had people like caroline kolachak Arca, ethel kane on lay Runways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, wait, should we talk about the Heaven Mark Jacobs thing? Was that, like, actually fashion week related? Or did it just happen at the same time?
2: I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, I saw people praising it online as well. hmm
0: We were all, like, really shocked at this, like, weird um, Marc Jacobs campaign that dropped, like, at the beginning of Fashion Week. Or Marc Jacobs Heaven campaign. Where it kind of was this long, like, Instagram scroll thing where it just featured like a bunch of very big names in fashion then also just a bunch of Instagram famous influencers um, all kind of in the same room. And it was, I think, meant to make Instagram girls kind of soy face and be like, oh my God, I can't believe that like this person is in the same room as like this other person, that all these people know each other. But I just think this is kind of a poor strategy. It's it sort of um, like, it totally shatters the illusion of of the instagram feed you know like i hate it being reassembled and fed back to me and i feel like a lot of people have curated their instagram feeds over the course of like several years and it's like super weird to just see mark jacobs like reassemble it for you like for a campaign
1: the main thing to me that was unsuccessful is that the style of the heaven by mark jacobs stuff is very like colorful and maximalist and the way that it's styled is very like quirky and you know, they're like these cute little accessories and stuff. And I think it works really well in like an individual photo where like one person is wearing a look. But when you see this many people and they're all trying to be it girls and they're all trying to be like special and like Fruits Magazine, whatever, it like really diminishes the value of the concept as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like something about it was just like really try hard. But I do think it does like look cool when someone's wearing like a head to toe look in like a, an Instagram photo but I think they were just like let's combine that and like make it as powerful as possible but I don't think it um slayed the house down but now there's this trend on TikTok where it's like celebrities I would have cast in the heaven by Mark Jacobs campaign and everyone is just kind of like flexing that they like have the capacity to combine (laughs) random celebrities yeah everyone is like I would cast Trisha Paytas and like this random like other YouTuber and I don't know I can't think of a good example but yeah
2: no that reminds me a lot of the trend where it was like Dream Blunt rotation, and then yes, you'd be, like, be like, "What if it was like <laughs> Freud and Nathan Fielder?" Like, yeah, it's, it's, literally-, like, it's literally just trying <laughs> to like out random RxD each other. Like, literally, but it literally is. is. It's yeah. like.
0: I can't believe like every campaign is literally just like nightmare blood rotation, like in every se- <laughs> like it's just like crazy. Oh my God, that's yeah. so true. Yeah, that
1: is so true. And also nightmare mm-hmm. of blood rotation plus Bella Hadid always, always
2: everywhere, all at once. Dude, how does like- she do it, dude? That is why she's so skinny because she's running back and forth across continents all the time I was about to say that because like
0: I watched this video where it was like what Bella Hadid eats in a day and it was like way too much I was like she's lying like she but she might not be if she's just (laughs) like running around all day long because it was like yeah an insane amount of calories like well not an an insane amount of calories whatsoever it was still very little but for her body I'm like dude you eat like a cookie every single day and that's it like
1: there's no way it it reminds me of I feel like we talked about this on the Nepo Babies episode but like you know how Kendall Jenner does all these really low effort sponsorships where she'll just like post and just be like hashtag ad with like whatever brand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like Bella Hadid is almost the opposite like every single show she walks she does like an Instagram carousel of like 20 photos of behind the scenes and like a three paragraph long caption about how everyone is like her dream team and how like everyone is so strong and beautiful and like creative and how it's an honor to work with everyone yeah so it's really sweet but I'm just like I don't know how she has the like emotional energy and the mobility
2: to do that it's almost like she inherited that like kim kardashian gene that obviously kindled and i didn't inherit which is that mm-hmm. kim kardashian is supposedly like really great to work with she shows up early she sends everyone like a thank you note Aww. um and yeah wow. but oh i actually wanted to make one more comment about vogue world which is that it reminded me a lot of kind of the victoria's secret fashion show because it oh, used to yeah. be like um but not like really but in, in a little bit of a good way because it used to be like a uh, maroon five in the middle and then they're like serenading the victoria's secret fashion show models as like shutting down the uh, down the catwalk and it's just like really satisfying to see that happen and like they're like towering over them and it made me really miss the victoria's secret fashion show to be honest i was about to say it was
0: like the victoria's secret fashion show which was what kind of made it so disappointing to me because it really again like there's just no distinction anymore between like, even mid-brow and high-brow culture, low-brow, like, there's just, like, I'm not saying, like, I'm, if people know who I am, like, they know I'm, like, the least elitist person in the world, like, just, I don't like elitism, but at the same time, it's, like, I do think, like, if there's gonna be elitism anywhere, it should be in the fashion world, like, are you kidding me? Like, The stereotype is that this is, like, the world that's, like, full of, like, the most pretentious, like, egotistical, like, beauty-obsessed people in the world, and everyone's just, like, let's democratize fashion and make it for everyone, and I'm just, like, that, like, kind of defeats the purpose and its charm, you know? Like, it's always been very charming because it's been, like, pretentious and, like, highbrow and like ridiculous and like easy to spoof for that reason but like mm-hmm, I'm just like stop being so self-aware and be a little bit like cringy and be elitist you know so like you know I want to see like Zoolander villains like you know what I mean designing clothes yeah
1: on. that's why it's, it makes me sad to see Anna Wintour just sitting next to Lil Nas and like performatively tapping her foot and like bobbing her head I'm just like I like you to be stoic I kind of feel like Julia Fox is kind of like the good fashion week villain that we miss mm-hmm. yeah
2: like her i don't know she definitely still kind of has that old-fashioned energy to me yes slightly. i think maybe it is because she lost so much weight and that is very like traditional kind of like slave to fashion thing to do is like completely change how you look also i thought it was really cute when she brought her baby to the mm-hmm. uh to a show and he was wearing crocs Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. I love when babies wear crocs, dude. And he yet yeah, in his little outfit looked like he was made out of like burnt rubber and he was wearing his little crocs. Aww. So <laughs> really yeah.
1: little Balenciaga baby. He's a hero, yeah. So did you guys like any shows? Yeah. We, let's get into the, the shows of it all. Should we start with Paragon? <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this was the most like chronically online, like it just speaks so much to a certain type of gay person. So, I don't know, like it was like a real tree t-shirt that said adore your whole. Like there was this prosthetic makeup on a lot of the models that made it look like they had really botched lip fillers. There was workwear references both in like business casual like button-up style, but also like construction garments like ogbff as graphic tees that said like canceled i don't know how do you guys feel so
0: i like love Aragon historically i i might be also just like on a high that like mexican independence day was like two days ago and like i am feeling this like renewed pride for like latino culture i was like crying and, like drunk the other day i was like i love my country <laughs> and, like um, but, like, but, like, um like it was another prank show you know what I mean it was like as much as it's like oh my god like I'm just gonna send someone down the runway with the most random ass styling and sometimes occasionally it works it's kind of like throwing darts with like your eyes closed like of course it's like every single time you shoot like occasionally you're gonna hit like the target but it's almost just like picking something at random and maybe sometimes it'll be good but
1: I'm sorry I do think that as a, as a creative vision though there's something about like the combination of elements that is very evocative like one thing that I Find interesting is like the indecent exposure, like leg element. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, a lot of the pants kind of unzip from the crotch mm-hmm. in this way that, like, reminds me of like, it just does really remind me of homeless people. Like, everyone looks really dirty and their clothes are like falling off in this way. And, like, kind of, there's this like motif of duct tape. There's duct tape everywhere.
2: Also, apparently, it was inspired by kind of that like trash element and fest, like, dirty festival element was inspired by Woodstock 99. Which is, for some reason, really in the cultural ethos right now. There's just a documentary about it as well. But I feel like it's actually more like people are looking to festivals in a different way after, like, the rise and fall of Coachella. So they're kind of, like, even us doing the festival episode, I feel like we were taking that Mm -hmm. perspective a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. It seems some of the individual pieces are really cool, right? And I would wear them. But I was just looking for one, just one show that would, like, tell me what's in this season. You know what I mean? Just one thing. And nobody was yeah. able to do that for me. And, like, so I think I am being really harsh with certain things because it's, like, showed that they really gave some time to this sort of thing and wanted to, like, have the balls to, like, change the culture,
2: you know? On that point, what do you think about Baragon deciding to only cast white models? He said it was to subvert what is expected from a person of color.
0: Um, I mean, it- I think that's fair like I do think it is just like this might be like one of the points of um, like contention I have with stuff is just like art is sh- supposed to be kind of like useless um, you know what I mean like I don't think art as social change like is always super effective you know what I mean it's kind of like it It feels fair but it just feels like people are giving a lot of thought to like concept and not enough thought to like the actual work itself.
1: you no? know I wait, this is a good um another good segue to a show that we actually did really love, the Willie Chavaria show. Because he also had like an interesting racial casting <laughs> element oh, yeah. that you mentioned here, Biz, if you want to read that.
2: Okay, yeah. So I was just doing some background reading on Vogue.com. Um and so when he was explaining the show, he said if you noticed in the show, the actors were divided by ethnicity, and that was not only to represent the division that we're experiencing, but to show the solidarity within culture, to show the strength of people when they're unified.
0: Um, I really feel like this, okay, now that I'm thinking about this, I'm like, is this a good thing? Like, you know what I mean? It's like one thing to be like, oh, I'm segregating models as like a commentary to segregate. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just kind of like, should fashion people really do politics? Like, this doesn't feel like a super effective way of making a commentary like this. Like, thinking about it, I'm just kind of like, I understand your intention, but... Like, do you guys agree? I'm just like, this is kind of tricky territory we're doing here by just being, like, separating people by race. I don't
1: know, I'm just kind of like, I don't really like this sentiment as much as I thought I would I don't know. (laughs) It's giving horseshoe theory because I do think there's, like, a thing in the air right now, especially with Gen Z, of, like, pushing... Like, uh, I guess inclusivity to the point where it becomes kind of like separatist. Yeah. But a lot of like liberation movements do evolve into separatism at a certain point. Yeah. Um, wait,
2: wait, I, have, I also, sorry, I have one comment I just have to throw in there, yeah. which is that with all of this in mind, this collection show took place at the Marble Collegiate Church. Which was the Church of Norman Vincent Peale, who, do you guys know who that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sam, I'm sure you do. Yeah, he's, um. Sam, so he's, like, he's, like, one of Trump's biggest influences. Yeah. He kind of, um, he invented this idea of, like, he didn't invent, he popularized the idea of positive thinking. And yeah, he's, like, the manifestation guy. Really? That's actually yeah. super And horrible. he was one of Trump's, like, biggest influences. Yeah, um, I don't like that he hosted yeah. the show here. Okay, I will say, Willie Shavaria's show, I loved
0: it. I loved it so much. You know, it reminded me and so much of his stuff, like even like last year, I think he it really like renewed my hope in fashion. Like, I think he's so skilled and like a lot of his work just reminds me of like that store that you go to like shop for school uniforms you know what i mean but they also sell like dickies and ben davis and are selling like south park mexican mm-hmm. cds at the register like i just like made me really like <laughs> super nostalgic and feeling really tender and stuff like that like kind of like cholo chic i really love his take on it and like i felt like he represented it in a way that was very tender but I do think it's kind of, okay, I don't like that he went to the manifestation guy's church and then segregated the models. I'm like, dude, I don't know. No, that's <laughs> like,
2: know actually, I mean? actually bizarre. Like, like, I don't it's like, like, just, actually a bizarre choice. Yeah. Okay, so the church itself is one of the it actually, yeah, so it's one of the oldest continuous Protestant congregations in North America. So it's quite historical and probably quite beautiful as well. But I mean, that is a massive piece of history. I recommend everyone do some reading on Norman Vincent Peale because he was um, pretty influential throughout his life and still now. Mm -hmm. He also um, really opposed, like, the election of JFK because he was Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a, yeah, he had a lot of involvement with politics himself. Yeah, he's a weird guy. And, like, um,
0: definitely, like, no, and that's why a lot of people say, like, Trump would always say a lot of stuff that, like, I am the best. Um, yeah, he. Man. yeah, like because he's just manifesting, like he was taught,
1: I guess, by his Aww. father, who, like, I know, right? Yeah, just say things that aren't true and like they will become true. That's then. like why,
0: yeah, because everyone's just like he talks, like, why is he like talking about things that haven't happened yet as though they've happened, and like it sounds like he's delusional and like lying all the time. And it's like, no, he just kind of grew up both his parents were like huge heads of Norman Vincent Peale. They were like super dedicated followers, and so like. There's all, there's all this, like, speculation about, like, Trump's relationship with his father and, like, how, like, his father never... I don't know. It's it, boring to me. I, at this point, I'm just kind of, like... But it is super interesting to me that he hosted it there. like that. Do you
2: think he was thinking of that? Because, like, I mean, Trump got married there.
0: Trump got hmm. married
1: there? Yeah, so... I mean, to, to play devil's advocate, I mean, there are only so many churches i can imagine that would we'll host a fashion week show yeah. but it would be actually i would find it kind of interesting if he did do that intentionally especially given the like cholo mm-hmm, chief element yeah. this show like the beef between trump and mexicans but also there were a lot of mexicans that were pro-trump like something about that to me like the way that like as soon as a lot of like immigrants that i know got their green card they became trump supporters like i love that yeah there's a lot of there's
0: yeah that's actually random and true there's a lot of dads mexican dads that have like the thickest accent ever and are totally like they're they're not they were not born in the united states and
1: somehow they're just like super into trump it was always like really confusing to me but i just like machismo machismo as a theme is really interesting and also it's like a I think Cholo fashion is, like, its own kind of power dressing with the, like, huge silhouettes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a way to make yourself look bigger, but it also is, like, not in the, like, tailoring. I don't know. There is a lot of, like, good tailoring in this, but I'm looking at this one look that's, like, look 32. Mm -hmm. It's, like, a denim jacket and then, like, a zip-up, like, huge polo shirt with these giant pockets and then cargo pants that are, like, dragging on the floor. And it just, it looks really good to me. Like, it looks very intentional, but it also has the element of just like insanely oversized clothes. yeah and
0: then also I think last season he did a collection where he did like literally just like um like Dickie's style like like high-waisted pants but they almost looked a little bit like a Korean hanbok like he has a really interesting take on silhouette which I think is really cool and also I have this like random take that like I think the only two types of fashion that are doing anything innovative right now is menswear and shoes. Like every other type of fashion is kind of flopping right now. Like, but shoes are randomly being, are, are like randomly super innovative right now. Like the Givenchy shoe I've been seeing everywhere. Um, last year, a couple years ago, there was like the Marc Jacobs shoe. Like it just feels like shoes are really having a moment right now. And so is menswear. Like mm-hmm. men's designers are really turning it out and rethinking silhouettes in an amazing way. And I think Willie Shavari is doing it the best out of everybody. And I don't think he did the whole, um, like, church thing intentionally. I'd want to ask mm-hmm. him. I don't... like. I, know, I think we, yeah, to, we, should we have to on.
2: interview
1: him. I <laughs> like, dude, what's yeah. going on here? I also love the... There are these, like, looks that are, like, these satiny tops with these long, like, pointed yes. collars and the, like, flower... Detail that just reminds through so much of like Quincinero vibes, mm-hmm. like when men try to be formal but in this like old country way where they wear like a satin shirt, you know, yeah. like, like deep V, like I love it. It reminds me of how my dad used to dress. <laughs> it's
0: very like um no, there's a lot of stuff where even like the Telfar Rainbow collab and stuff. Like I used to love Rainbow when I was younger. My mom like wouldn't let me shop there. Like I- there's a lot of stuff this season. The stuff that I like just felt really like connected to like, this tenderness for, like, nos- like mm-hmm. certain types of nostalgia that I feel like aren't really accessed in culture, you know, because it feels like we're kind yeah. of, like, exhausted by nostalgia, and everyone has, like, like redone certain things and, like, uh, repurposed yeah. the past in so many ways that this feels truly new.
1: Um, yeah, Vogue World was, like, a bad form of nostalgia, where it was, like, you could tell they were trying to play on, like, 90s supermodels, but also, like, 70s Studio 54 stuff, but those are such, like, like beat a dead horse Mm -hmm. references I think in fashion and also like fashion people love those periods just because it was Mm -hmm. like a cool time to be a fashion person I guess yeah but things like references to like what your uncle would wear to quinceanera like Mm -hmm. people know the vibe but it's not like an actual cultural moment it's like an actual person but I I appreciate that type of nostalgia so much more yeah it
0: felt super sweet um I feel like everyone should read the preface to the picture of Dorian Gray. I'm actually going to assign <laughs> this reading to every single <laughs> listener. Guys, go read it. Like, art should be useless. Like, that it's like a page long. Like, I swear to God, like, everyone is coming through with, like, an explanation for their show. And that's the thing is, like, everyone is spending so much time on concept. And, like, co- concept should not be present whenever you're creating art, like, at that level. Like, you should really just focus on the craft and there's like very little Mm -hmm. to no craftsmanship here. And Alexi, you were saying like the, you were giving like a really good take the other day where you're saying like the fashion week is basically like a trade show, but like, where is the trade? You know, I don't know
1: yeah the like concept thing just really gives me art school and it makes it so clear that there are brands that are run by like business boards and then there are brands that are mm. run by like art school graduates yeah like I think they should have two separate fashion weeks because it <laughs> doesn't make sense for something like you know the Barragon show to be next to like Ella Johnson or like Alice and Olivia like it's not the same type of fashion but I, I guess that's what that's what makes New York so like special I guess they're like these different vibes it's like the same thing as like seeing a homeless person next to like a businessman
0: yeah so true. I'm like, oh, the cognitive dissonance—the
1: vogue world of it all. They should have hired more um, pigeons, I think. For right, they should have hired more pigeons, <laughs> and they should have spray painted them silver. <laughs> oh my god! And they should have had—they should have had a, a gold bull, like a running of the bulls with a golden
0: bull. Oh, yeah. Whoa, well, that. Alexi, dude, that is an amazing idea. They should have hired you. Thank you. Oh my god. I
1: just have really corny ideas sometimes. So I think both really needs Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, you know, it would have been good if like, because you know how everyone says, like, don't work with children or animals. And like whenever someone mm-hmm. is trying to be the utmost level of camp, they work with both children and animals. I feel like they should have only done that. Like they should have just cast
1: like farm animals or like toddlers. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. They did have they did have a, a very risk uh Very risk averse version of that, which is like dog walkers and like moms with strollers. So, moms with strollers, wait, yeah, they did. Oh my
0: god, wait, have y'all seen true stories?
1: This, there's it's like
0: this movie by David Byrne from the Talking Heads, and it's like about this town called Virgil. (gasps) Wait, yes, I have, yeah, they do the
1: like. The, per- the mall fashion show that's really good the mall
0: fashion show and then also the parade with like moms with babies and like the stroller moms or whatever
2: like it
1: yes yeah, wait that is an excellent reference why was this exactly like that but like not cool <laughs>
2: no i know right like what the wait and also talking kids there's there were so many big suits yeah in the runway oh my <laughs> god cool. we this are in Virgil, texas
0: we really are that's where that chavo guy got his name Virgil Texas. Virgil Texas. Oh, really? Shout out to my DFW listeners. I love you guys. Um
2: Virgil Texas was probably on the runway at one of these shows given his status as an internet
1: celebrity. Yeah. Texas is in masculinity is in. Is there are in? certain things right now that are, are good that are making me happy yeah like you said menswear is slaying because masculinity is like way more interesting than femininity at this point yeah I'm
0: like femininity is like so overdone right now
1: <laughs> yeah like- I mean like I as we all know I love like a good giant bow and like huge dress but that seems to be kind of like not anymore you know what I mean yeah I mean <laughs> like I feel like there's so many brands that are doing that now like Simone Rocha like Cindy mm-hmm. Liang also was doing kind of the same thing like I always appreciate it when I see it but I feel like it's gotten kind of oversaturated like the girly like thing yeah right
0: now. no I love that mo- I love that too and honestly like I don't have any like good sense of personal style or anything like that but that is like if I shopped more that's like where what I would wear but that's the thing is is like there needs to be a distinction between like low, mid, and highbrow culture, not to be like classist or whatever, which I'm not trying to be. It's just like like there needs to be like couture or like chic or something like that that will then in there needs to we need to go back to like the trickle down like like speech that miranda Priestley gave in like devil wears prada about like the teal sweater or whatever that was determined by the people in this room i'm like no one is doing that like actually the people at vogue on the editorial team are like trying to copy like teenagers in the midwest like dancing on tiktok like it's so oh yeah. my god like i don't
1: know i think wait biz you probably know more about this but this is why i think paris fashion week is so different because like the tour is about like the actual manufacturing process, and not mm-hmm. like the vibe. Like in America, it's like you can do, you can like participate in fashion week as long as you like have clothes and like models, you know. But in Paris, it's about like how many seamstresses do you have? Like what's the process of this getting made? Like where is it being made? Yes, etc. But yeah, also there's kind of a crisis with Paris fashion week because they were like, oh my god, people are sending stuff down the runway that's like safety been together. Like this is not couture anymore.
2: Yeah, I saw that happening as well. We should go to Paris Fashion Week. Oh, yes. yeah. That would be so fun. Paris Baguette Fashion Week.
0: Spirit Airlines flights out of Austin are so cheap right now, so I might, might do that.
2: Go ahead, sorry. Oh, no. Sorry. I was just saying, I felt like when you're talking about the reverse Miranda Priestley effect, I felt like a couple of these shows, obviously they're inspired by the designer's own history and concepts, but... There is a praying, a praying lilt to a lot of this stuff. I feel with like, just like all of the gods.
1: <laughs> Wait, sorry, my. Sister's like, Sorry, I really, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's sister, okay. Like, Let's see. Take- she's doing like pantomiming. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Now, now they're all in here, guys. Let's like, leave. I want to send you guys a picture. And I just like standing. There, like, still-
2: <laughs> I feel like it's the same thing as when the, it's the meme where it's like. When you come into your parents' yeah. room after you threw up in the middle of something, <laughs> <laughs> really
1: exactly like that. Yeah. you like, I
2: threw up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: send you the picture. Um, okay, wait, we can we can resume. I think. Um, I mean,
2: my well, all I said was that I felt like there was a praying-esque lilt to some oh, of definitely. the showings this, oh, this yeah. season. Dude, the eternal influence um, of praying. I hope they know I'm not like
0: a hater like that.
2: Pray, right. pray,
1: literally pray the house down, boo. Yeah. yeah,
2: literally pray the house down. Yeah, um, okay, so there uh, Speaking of uh, churches, there was another brand that had a show in a church, specifically in an LGBTQ affirming Episcopal church in Greenwich Village, <laughs> um, Mirror Palais. Oh, yeah, made their made its New York Fashion Week debut, and um. It's featured Cindy Kipperly the influencer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it featured a lot of like mid-tier influencers. influencers. I mean, she's like a top-tier one, but like I was clicking on the tags of like everyone that walked in that, and they all had like I don't know, like twenty thousand followers, and they were really cute online. This mm-hmm. was interesting to me because I've I have been really like into Mira Pele just because they're so good at taking photos of their clothes. Like, there's something about their I don't know, like social media strategy strategy that is very effective to me, but also like seeing some of the stuff on the runway, like I kind of fell out of love with it.
0: Yeah, we've talked about them for a couple years. The couple of years we've done this podcast, I think
1: early on,
0: you've expressed your love for them. But I mean, I did actually like this. I mean, it at least was like it felt like the clothes were flattering and. Mm -hmm. looked pretty it was a little bit like I could definitely see myself buying this online from like a shop you know instead of like going into like a really nice store on like in like the fashion district of my city you know um so it did did feel a little like pedestrian
2: but I I liked it I thought it looked
0: good you know
2: yeah I they remind me a bit of like Jack and Moose back in the day because his whole thing was making clothes he said he straight up said this in so many interviews like if clothes look good on Instagram they'll sell Mm -hmm. and so much about Mirapalai reminds me of that and also maybe just like all of the the whites and like a lot of flattering clothing as well Mm um yeah but they definitely are a brand that people really associate with once again dressing for Instagram or dressing for TikTok I think Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, this was also, I think, their first foray into menswear. I'm kind of confused about the menswear looks that they've presented here. Also, wait, same as Willy Chavaria. Why do they have these, like, fabric flowers around the necks of, like, male models? But... Is that
2: is that not, a, like, a flamingo flower? I mm-hmm. thought it was.
1: Is that what those are called? I don't know. Like, um... Yeah, it's flamenco, but it also is, like, so... Like, something about it, it reminds me so much of Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. That weird 2010s, like, accessory.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I feel like I had a dress like this from like jc pennies for like h- middle school homecoming <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, yeah
2: i guess it all at the end of it is very ruffly, which feels very homecoming mm-hmm. yeah
1: and i guess it's like a what's it called like a boutonniere corsage yeah yes. corsage. It's a corsage. yeah,
0: no i mean yeah i feel pretty neutral about Pelé. i think it's interesting that they're on the runway now because they're historically so Instagram. I didn't want to connect this point back to this article that The Cut wrote about how TikTok like helped people scam their way into Fashion Week and they basically accused TikTok of like ruining Fashion Week which I don't I think like TikTok is kind of being a scapegoat and the one thing that's ruined Fashion Week actually is Instagram because even if the parties are bad like the clothes were not that good either so like pick one kind of you know what I mean where it's like Is it about the parties or is it about the craft? Um, But did you guys read that
1: article? Yeah, I I guess it was more about, less about that and more like some influencer was charging people for the spreadsheet of like, I don't know, PR people's like names and like how to beg to get into Fashion Week events. So it was more just of like a, a vibe shift of just like annoying people and like wannabe influencers were there. But I'm also like, okay, if Fashion Week wasn't... Oops, if Fashion Week wasn't about like Cloud Chasers, like who was there before? Yeah. Like now they're just being, they're just posting about it more.
0: Yeah. It seemed a little bit like, yeah, I get it. I do. It seems like I saw a lot of people being like, these parties are for people that worked super hard on these shows and like they suffered and really toiled to like put together this thing. And now they're going to their work party and like these people are crashing it. But I'm also kind of like, I don't know. If you're not expecting a million people trying to like sneak into your show, is it like that really, is that, is it that good of a party? You know what I mean? Like, it seems more of, like, a security problem. I do feel bad for the PR (laughs) agents that are, like, being overrun by, like, a bunch of emails from random people that saw TikTok. But it's also, like, I don't know, just maybe just, like, yeah, maybe they could just address it next year. Like, it seems just like a problem was unlocked, but it doesn't seem that serious to me. Like,
1: you know? Yeah, this is a very common take that the influencer bubble, like, has to burst at some point. (laughs) This seems like a good indicator that it's about to happen. Because, like, being friends with someone who is an influencer, like, the amount of times she can just like send emails being like I have a lot of followers like can I go to your resort for free or like can I post a picture on Instagram and get this stuff for free like they really do get away with a lot because people mm-hmm. it's like a relatively new career and people don't know how much they should get paid or like how much access they should have so for like a ton of influencers to be like oversaturating that in one place at time I'm sure must have been crazy but also I guess I did kind of have like a work fashion week event at Dover Street Market and like It was, like, I don't know, I didn't really get to relax or, like, celebrate the book that I worked on because there were, like, a bajillion people at the door trying to get it, and everyone was, like, do you know who this person is? Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of the victim of this um, process right now.
0: Yeah, no, it does seem like I feel, I do feel bad for people that are trying to use, like, these parties to celebrate their hard work and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But it does feel like, okay, this is another thing about the influencer, influencer bubble, it's just, like, over time more and more people like people have just had social media for so long that over time just like the very baseline of follower count is just rising you know what I mean like I feel like for a truly social yeah. person with absolutely no like popularity on Instagram that just has like a lot of friends from your life or just like is talkative and meets random people at the club and gets them to follow them like the baseline is like somewhere like 700 to a thousand followers for someone like that you know what I mean where it's just like
1: yeah it's just like over
0: time you meet more and more people
1: and like that's why i'm really fascinated by people that are like super lowbies and have like 200 followers like i feel like they're always really cool i know that's
0: like my favorite thing those are my favorite accounts where it's like
1: 100 followers or something low lowbie right
2: yeah i just got really distracted scrolling down the mirror probably instagram because they post a lot of pe- girls with big boobs
0: mm-hmm. so i was just yeah. like staring
1: at everyone's boobs yeah
2: they're the bodies
0: are banging on the
1: mirror palette yeah Yeah. but it's weird to see it in three dimensions I don't know like something about it kind of broke the illusion for me because yeah I don't know I guess I've always just wanted a mirror play dress just so I could like post it on Instagram once and be like this is hot like I don't want to walk around in it really also from what I understand he does have like a very traditional couture production method Mm. where like all of it is made in New York and it's made with a pretty small team so Mm -hmm. we like that he's like always posting about like Dupes and fast fashion, and like having hot takes about that, and like how luxury is like not like there's no, I don't know, like designers don't owe you like affordable products, really. I agree. But I it's good that he like stands his ground with that. Yeah, you know?
0: I really agree because it's like this whole thing of like I even see TikToks where it's people that are like, Oh, like I'm all for democratizing fashion, but this time it's gone too far. And I'm just like, That's like literally the problem is that you are not being hardlined enough about f- fashion being exclusive. like. I don't think that elitism is good in any part of society but the fashion world. Like, this is the one place in society where you should be elitist and gatekeeping and not democratize things. Like, it's literally the meme of fashion. Like, everybody knows that yeah. fashion is, like, not a fair place. And, like...
2: Also, like, fashion isn't for, like, teenage TikTokers. No. So, like, yeah. for things like Mirror Palais, it'll be, like... Okay, Mirror Palais is a little bit expensive. Um, or it is more expensive. But it'll be, like, oh my God, I love this dress but it's $60 type of thing. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. the, the, like, what is considered kind of over the top for
1: paying mm-hmm. for something is it's just getting lower and lower. Yeah. He's also just kind of, like, I, I like that he's presented as an alternative. He's really, like, posted screenshots of stuff on the yeah. real or stuff on eBay that's, like, this is, like, the kind of... Because his garments are so timeless, they just have, like, unique details, like lace, or, like, they're just, like, really well tailored. He's, like, literally just go... Buy something really similar. Like, mm-hmm. it's not hard.
0: Like, that's the whole thing with the Miranda Priestley monologue or whatever, right? It's like, we should stop thinking about democratizing fashion because it's going to democratize itself anyway, just with like the supply mm-hmm. chain. Like, there's going to be dupes of everything. If you do it the right way and you set a trend and you have the balls to like anticipate the future, like, you, like, guaranteed, like, a year from now, they're going to be selling something similar to what was going down that runway, like in Target, you know? Just like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. You know, like it does feel I said this in the I think Olivia Rodrigo episode and someone called me like a fascist on Twitter for this, which was insane. <laughs> but like like absolutely like I don't know what where, did you say. Remember when I was just like, yeah, I, I feel know. like um I I liked that like Olivia Rodrigo's album felt like it wasn't following the horde. It was more just like directing the horde, you know what I mean? because it's like the horde should not be like followed like that will is not like is not trustworthy it's not trustworthy not anti-populist Sam no I'm, I'm actually very populist but it is just like when it comes to like taste like that should be dictated by like a centralized unit I think like politically that's like not my stance whatsoever but like when it comes to art like you do kind of need to like I don't know I don't think that like the base impulses of people should artistically
2: be appealed to you know what I mean like I feel like you're just saying this is like you respect tastemakers which is very valid yes I think yeah we have way too many tastemakers and so kind of like calling it back is um an interesting idea yeah
1: yeah and that's the thing is like influencers think that they're tastemakers I guess it's because of the it's in the job title but it's like you're just influencing people to like buy stuff like you're just directing them to like marketplaces you're not like I don't know I don't know I, I there aren't really many people I'm influenced by so maybe I just think of it differently (laughs)
2: yeah i only have one influence and it's um actually one of sam's former classmates wait who? oh savannah ray oh my god
0: i went to high school with her you guys should know her she probably like doesn't remember me well she maybe does yeah but i went to high school with this girl that's like a low influencer who's like amazing
2: um i feel like she would remember you because i feel like Someone who has a true influencer's heart remembers everyone. That's so true. Because, That's so true. Yeah, it's yeah. True. Bella, Bella Hadid style. Dude, <laughs> no, she really gives true. that.
0: She does. She's like a kind-hearted young woman with an amazing mm-hmm. sense of humor um, and an amazing life. Her fun, crazy yeah, life, dude. <laughs>
2: if, if you want to go to Fashion Week, just remember who everyone is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the same thing as the Double Wars Prada when they're like, she has that book of names and faces mm-hmm. and it's andy's job
1: to remember all of them mm-hmm. that's a real thing in pr though because we have it this is, for our yeah. book lunch yeah they make Facebooks so and then you have to just like know who's who oh, wow. those are oh, normalized okay. making those honestly yeah
2: yeah on like a little ipad
0: yeah <laughs> i'm like why oh. hasn't social media optimized to do something like this
2: you know yeah. that's so cute. Um, all right so we've been recording for over an hour yeah um so I yeah, think we I can feel like I got a... all my
1: thoughts my thoughts off yeah
2: me too yeah that felt good felt good yeah. yeah
0: I'm sorry everybody I feel like when when we record episodes super early in the morning which we have today I'm like a massive bitch and I'm really sorry like that happened no, I can't love it. <laughs> like, like I... I'm like
2: wow mic drop <laughs> right.
1: yeah I guess you you do go on passionate um rants yeah but, yeah um, so I guess we can wrap up
2: New York Fashion Week now. I feel like I haven't done "Would You Rather"
1: in a minute. Oh yeah, but I don't really have any. Um, um yeah, I kind of want to come up. With would you stuff. rather sit next to Bobby Schmurda at the Boo Boo mm-hmm. Show or sit next to Um Dev Hines at the Anna Bolina Show? Definitely Bobby Schmurda. I would never want to sit next to Dev Hines at the Anna Bolina yeah. Show.
2: That sounds yeah. scary. <laughs> like, um yeah it seems scary but
0: they do slay i do like Anna Bolina. um yeah i, oh, yeah. I think bobby schmurda is on like a really um fun tip right now something about him getting out of jail like his energy is so positive and wonderful and he just keeps like like encountering strangers and making tiktoks with them so i would want to sit next to yeah. him pretty much anywhere yeah,
1: i can't believe he's out like free bobby was a like, good movement it literally
0: worked yeah yeah. Um. Would you rather? Oof. Yeah, I'm blanking. I feel like Vogue World is like ample material. Oh, would know. you rather? It's it's I,
1: know. I say something about the Vogue World Halal Cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> would you rather work at the Vogue World Halal Cards or for a day, or <laughs> um, be a PR person for a fashion company
2: <laughs>
1: for That's... a week?
2: Oh, I would definitely rather work at the Halal Hulal Cards. Card. I love Halal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I would turn it into some sort of, like, Mary Poppins-esque, like, doing tap dancing. Those uh, Halal
1: Cards are so smoky that I feel like it is almost like you're inhaling something from a chimney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an intoxicant of some sort. <laughs> it's giving Mary, yeah. Mary Sometimes I just walk by it and I'm like, this is literally, like, I am inhaling so much grease so and it's smoke. Such an yeah, a nice grease. Sick. Mm, sounds good though I'd, I'd take one yeah same um what about you girls
0: uh yeah halal cart for me i love halal food and yeah no it just seems like that's um the one and just working for a day i'd rather work for a day than for a week you
1: know what i mean um yeah, that's true would you rather wear a shirt that says j'adore your whole <laughs> 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 or, or wear um I don't know. I can't really think of anything else. That shirt is so funny to me, especially because Melanie reposted it. I was like, of course you would. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, it was a good shirt. Um, wait, ah, isn't so. there one that is a belt buckle? It says like white tears or something in yeah. the Mountain
1: Dew font. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So would you rather wear the Jadoria Hole whole shirt or hoodie or the white tears? Um, buck mount, belt buckle. Mountain Dew bubble. I'm sorry,
1: but. Unfortunately, J'adore your whole. Like, I'm such a hag that I love when people talk about whole. Like, I think it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's a real
0: gag. I feel like it's yeah, um, it's a statement piece. I,
2: I feel like
1: yeah. it's actually been
2: influencing me because I keep saying the word whole this past weekend. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I've actually been influenced by that already.
0: Brilliant. I like it.
2: Um the tragedy of
0: it gives it gives tragic to me in like a sad romantic way. Like just whole you, whole discourse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why you have to adore your hole like, yeah. and treat it with respect.
0: It's true. Um, I want to, hold on, wait, let's see. Um, Would you rather, I'm just like, would you rather like be chased down an alleyway
1: with, by the bucket drummers at Vogue World or. Um, <laughs> they really uh, might as well have been snapping down an alleyway. Like it was so West. <laughs> I, felt, I felt
0: like everything at Vogue World was scary. Like that was scary. Like,
1: I don't know what was up with it. it I feel like Lynn Manuel Miranda had something to do with it.
2: You're right. Oh, yeah, it was Hamilton. Wait, okay, so <laughs> I, I recently learned about movement directors, which I just didn't know that much about before. And, like, I do you guys know what that is? No, so it's basically the person that'll have on set for a shoot or behind backstage at a show that like tells the models how to move. Um, and shows them how to move and kind of literally directs their movement oh, yeah, like, and I feel like he was
1: probably the movement director for this oh definitely Like oh, my a, theater God kid, a theater kid had, had to be involved somewhere in that yeah. um, that reminds me there was a time Tyra Banks would always talk about this moment but a movement director backstage was like imagine you're like a sexy cat like strutting down the runway and she like Took it too literally and got on all fours and like (laughs) thought she like actually like catwalked (laughs) down and then she got back backstage and she was like oh my god I just slayed that and everyone was like what the fuck you didn't mean literally act like a cat dude God bless Tyra Banks oh oh I have one would
0: you rather rescue Tyra Banks from whatever she's suffering through right now or rescue. Rescue Anna Wintour from having to sit through the little Nasak show so that she can go home and go to sleep and watch her soap operas.
1: I think Tyra deserves suffering, so... Yeah, Yeah, Tyra does, yeah. I'm not gonna liberate her from that. I do think that it is a punishment of sorts. Anna, I think, deserves to she's like the queen, you know, she should work tirelessly for the rest of her life. Yeah. I do kind of
0: wanna save her though. It just seems like she's kind of backed up into a corner financially or something like that.
1: Like
2: I do think they're definitely both experiencing like karmic retribution right now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, but um Jennifer Lawrence is on the cover of Vogue, so let's not speak
2: to you. I <laughs> know, you know, too. Everyone hated that cover, yeah. they were really not a-
1: it was not if a it wasn't of her, of course I would hate it. It's like a really shitty photo. It looks like a photo assignment that I did in high school. Like something about it is so like amateurish. Everything but... is
0: very fun. and like even the the layout of the
1: cover felt weird. It felt like off. Is that the September issue? Um, Wait. No, Wait, that- no, I don't think so. I think the September issue had um. Well, whatever. I don't know. I'm literally subscribed to Vogue, but I throw them in the trash as soon as I get them. Like <laughs> they have like, four page. They have like a four page spread that's an ad for Nuva Ring in, like every issue of Vogue oh my god no it yeah. does give sterile it gives
0: infertile um
2: vogue does
0: yeah like it gives infertile well, vogue in the past like year or two has given a little infertile
1: it was serena williams on the cover of vogue. Okay. she was oh. also a
2: participant in
1: vogue
0: yeah
2: <laughs> i was saying that's like way more tied into fashion months and she was like one of the uh i think she was the opener one of the opening looks of
1: she also had her own show. She's like retiring into being a fashion designer for a tennis fashion brand called Glam Slam, mm, cool. mm, whatever, not very cool. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's it's like, I just know that Anna Wintour is just like, oh, like strong black woman, this is what people want to see.
0: Yeah, no, there, I feel like it, it gives like very, oh, it just giving me kind of like heebie jeebies, you know what I mean? Is very, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it other than CNN, the musical. Like, it seems like I understand that the intentions were good, but the execution was just, oh, my God. I don't know. But
2: um, I want to go eat a burger. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I have to help my mom cook some food. So So
2: happy fashion month as it continues.
1: Happy
0: uh, Latino Heritage Month, everybody.
1: Oh, period. Uh, okay.
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yes. You should have said that in Spanish, but.
0: Um, feliz mes herencia Latina. I don't
1: know How I
0: do you say it?
1: Okay, I don't know. Yeah, we shouldn't <laughs> put, we can put some mariachi music too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is so SpongeBob. Why do I feel like our episodes are becoming more and more like episodes of SpongeBob? And <laughs> already very in right now. Bikini Bottom Fashion Week. Um. Bye, everybody. Okay, tomorrow, guys. Good bye, guys. Great job, everyone. <laughs>